today I, I'm I'm obviously preaching on um, on Easter Sunday, right? And to me, Easter Sunday is kind of like this: loads of chocolate. I'm sure everybody's super excited for for chocolate. And I I found these photos when I was preparing, and I just love these photos of like kids it's all messy, full of chocolate everywhere. Um, you know, it's kind of like a great part of the day. I, I don't know about anybody else, but it was impossible to buy Easter eggs this week. Um, I think because everybody has stayed in the UK, I think all the shops just sold out completely. Um, but I was thinking when Malcolm asked me to, to preach that, I was thinking Easter, why do we have chocolate eggs? Where have chocolate eggs come from? Or even the Easter hunt, where, where, where does this even originate from? Um, and so I did a little bit of research. Um, I also went on a walk this week with Jamie and I was asking Jamie, Jamie, what do you know where the Easter bunny comes from? Like, and Jamie had a little think and he was like, no, I actually don't. And I asked B, I was like, do you know where the Easter bunny comes from? And she even said no. So I, I had to do a bit of research after 28 years of never really answering the question. Um, I did a little bit of research and Interestingly enough, in, in you know, pre-Christian societies, the egg was associated with spring and new life, you know, all of the, in Europe. So all of the, the birds are coming out, all of the trees are blossoming. So it's this spring and, and new life. And the, the, my favorite bit of Easter is like doing the Easter hunt, right? Searching for the Easter eggs that you, you've hidden away. Um, and so it was a custom in, in early Germany, actually, I think it was around about the 16th century where the, the Germans came up with this, the bunny or the hare, and the bunny or the hare was re in representative to fertility. And so what they then said is they, they started telling the story to their kids saying there's the Easter bunny and the Easter bunny is actually going around hiding all of these decorated eggs. And so all of the kids would just go into the fields and they would try and find the bunny and all of the eggs. Um, and then another interesting fact that I read about was Martin Luther, he actually organized really big Easter egg hunts for his um, congregation. And he had the, the men hide all of the eggs and then he had the women find the eggs to represent the fact that Jesus um, was found by Mary. So I thought that was quite interesting, but there's quite a lot of interesting things to read up about it. Um, so as I said, for me, a favorite thing as a child, always growing up, was the big Easter egg hunts. I, I remember my favorite Easter egg hunt ever was we, we were on holiday at the beach somewhere. I was quite young and we went for this little barbecue on the beach um, with my mum. And then I remember we, someone hid a bunch of eggs in the sand on the beach. And they gave us this little map of like little crosses where, where all of the, the eggs were hidden. And I just loved it. That memory will always stay with me, trying to dig up the sand to find this little bag of all of these little Easter eggs and coins inside of them. So for me, it was this incredible I just live on that adrenaline of searching for something, right? Like always finding something, hide and seek, even that game. You know, I, I love that. Even being 28 years old, I still love that. So what I thought I'll do as the interactive part is we are going to try 
and do a virtual Easter egg hunt. There we go. I can see a couple of smiles now. I was like, wow, I don't know. Do people not like black and white baby photos of chocolate all over their faces? <laughs> um, so anyway, here's a couple of photos. These are the photos that make me think of Easter. Here we go. There's the little hare uh, with his colorful uh, you know, eggs walking in the fields and hiding all of these eggs so that the, the children could find them. So, okay, the first person to circle the egg when you found it, directly message me your, your address and I will send you a little prize, okay? So there are six prizes to be won here. The first page is a free-for-all, as I mentioned. So anybody can circle the eggs as quick as you can. The second page, I will only have the teens do it, okay? So if there are any teens in the house, I'm going to need the teens to, to go for it. And then the third one, I haven't quite thought about that, but maybe if there are some preteens, the preteens can go ahead and do that. So I'm, I'm seeing a couple of people already testing this out, so this is good. So if we're ready, I'm going to move on to the first page, okay? Here we go. Ooh. Okay, next page. Why is that not moving? There we go. Okay, try and find the Easter eggs. Oh, wow. Someone circled apps. Okay, there you go. Paul. Paul got one. Okay, and Lydia and Stephen. They were second. I just need to make a note of this quickly, guys. Well done. That was good. That was way easier. Okay, so Paul and then Lydia and Stephen. Okay, that was good, guys. Okay, now... If um, maybe we can all not write on the screen, maybe I can try and remove all of that. Because uh, then if we go to the next page, uh, here we go. If I erase all of this quickly. Oh, someone put a star on it. That was quite cool. Okay, so if we're ready, we're going to go to the next slide. If this works. Okay, wait, give me a sec. See, this is the disaster part that I was talking about. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Find the next two eggs. Only the, Only the teens, remember? Only the teens. Okay, Sam. Sam got one. Sam Clark got one. There's still one more egg to be found. Oh, there we go. John and... I think it was... And Obi, I'm going to go Obi as well, because I'm sure it's one of Obi's kids that, uh, that found that. Yes. Lamar, Lamar. Lamar. I'm pretty sure that was Lamar, right? Yeah, boy. Okay, perfect, guys. Now, the next one is perhaps the preteens, okay? So if there are any preteens in the house, I don't know if there will be, but if there are any preteens in the house, I've given you the hardest one. Teens are on their own call. Okay, they're on their own call. So let, maybe free for all again then. Maybe I'll restart it. Oh, there we go. Oh, th this one's this. I thought this was the hardest one. Wow. I don't know if two prizes are allowed, but Obi, I'll put your name down again because I think you and Ash. I'll send you both a prize. Ash plus Obi, and the top one there was who? Who was that big writing? I think that was Michelle. Um, okay, Michelle and Caleb and the boys. Okay, there we go. 
I hope everybody had fun. That that kind of worked out fairly well, didn't it? Kind of worked out fairly well. Um, but the, the whole idea of, of what I want to talk about today is, and maybe we can uh, put the annotation feature off now. Um, I, I used to always laugh when people used to do the annotation feature <laughs> during someone preaching. They had like Malcolm with a red line on his face or something like that. But um, anyway, um, what I want to talk about today is, is searching. Okay, let me quickly clean this up. Um, okay, there we go. Now, I, 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 as I mentioned, I love that part of Easter egg, right? When you're searching for the eggs. And what I want to kind of talk a little bit about today is, is just searching. But I don't want to go down the usual route of us searching for God, because I think that's, that's a thought that we can all relate to, right? Like we all understand the idea of we need to search for God. But what I do want to talk about today is the idea of God searching for us. Um, there we go. You know, God searching for, for us. This is a, a thought process that has been going through my mind quite a lot recently about this idea that, you know, God is searching for me continuously. God is searching for me continuously. It makes me feel extremely special when I think about that idea. You know, what an amazing tie that was with Paul just sharing his testimony, because even in that testimony, we can see that God was searching for a relationship with Paul throughout his whole life. If there's one key takeaway that I want people to take away today is when you go to Google and you search for something, I want us to think about the idea and the concept that God is searching for me right now. You know, Google is a household name. It's something that I use on a daily basis for my job, searching for different things. So I thought if there's one thing that we can take away, this would be a great thing. That whenever you go on Google, wherever you search for something, just try and connect with that idea that, wow, the creator of the universe is constantly searching for me. He wants a relationship with me. Throughout the week, I, I did a bit of homework and I asked a bunch of people what that idea meant to them. You know, I, I said, God's searching for you. How can you, what, what scripture comes to mind when you think about that idea? And the thing that striked me was God searching for you means something different to almost everybody. I think only Fabian, uh, when he gave the comment back, was he was the only one that had the same scripture as I had written down, which was the one in Genesis 3 verses 9, which is the, the, the earliest part of where I could see God searching for Adam and Eve. You know, he's walking through the garden and then it says there, but um, the Lord God called to the man, where are you? You know, he was searching for Adam and Eve. Um, I love the idea of, of Psalm 53 verses 2 as well. You know, God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, understand 
and any who seek God. You know, that conceptual idea of God, the creator of heaven, is in heaven, and he's looking down at us, constantly searching our hearts, constantly trying to, you know, help us, constantly just there to protect us. In Ezekiel 34 verses 11, this was one of these, it says there, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. And again, it's this very personal idea of God searching for us, God looking for me. I think if I can encourage you all as well, go read Luke 15, the whole of Luke 15. Because the whole of Luke 15 is Jesus talking in these parables where he's, he's talking about this idea of searching. You know, he starts off with the sheep, the lost sheep, and how the shepherd will always go and find the sheep. And if, if he finds the one sheep, he'll just rejoice. And the coin, the lady losing the coin and, you know, searching for the coin and rejoicing when she finds the coin. And then this incredibly touching story towards the end of Luke 15, where you have the parable of the lost son, where the son asks for his inheritance. He runs away. He, he spends it all. He lives in, you know, in, in, in a desperate situation. And he comes back towards his father when he's reached his senses. And it just says that from a long distance, his father saw him. You know, I connect with this idea that God is always on the lookout for me. Whenever I make my mistakes, whenever I mess up, God is always there looking for me. He's always there, yeah, waiting for me. It's a very incredible thought that, I connect, that I'm connecting with a lot recently. You know, throughout my faith, the idea of God looking and searching and finding me has changed you know i have changed in my faith and, and that whole idea has meant different things to me in different times you know at the moment i think i can identify with a thought a lot a lot in relation to the scripture in hebrews 12 which talks about god being the father and me being the son and how god is always trying to help me become more like Jesus. You know, he's constantly helping me through times of hardship to develop my character, to grow my character, to become more like Jesus. And initially, that can be a really weird thought for people. They can be like, why, why, why does God, God is supposed to make your life merry and, and great all the time. And you shouldn't have any suffering as, as a Christian of God. But I just love this thought at the moment of like, God is trying to better me to be more like Jesus. He's trying to help me to be more like Jesus. I feel very loved when I connect with that thought. I feel extremely loved that the creator of the universe is searching for a relationship with me. Why me? Why am I special enough for God to want a relationship with me? It's so sobering. So, yeah, I, at the moment, you know, that, that's, that really just connects with me. And so I've got a couple of thoughts that I want us just to, just to think a little bit about. The first one is, 
I want everybody to ask this question for yourself. You know, make, make it a personal question. Do I believe God is searching for me? And I know that's not an open-ended question, so it could be yes or no. But just try and think about that question for a bit. And then the next question I have that I just want us to think about this one for 60 seconds or so and discuss it if you want with the person next to you or just think about it. But in what way is God searching for me? Just have a little think about that question. You know, I really like just the thought of that. Now, as I mentioned before, it's just very sobering. To me, it's very sobering that this incredible God, the creator of the universe, is constantly trying to reach out to me on a daily basis. Wow, just what a thought. I think with Easter coming up, it's such an incredible reminder as Christians that this is the time where we celebrate Jesus' death, the crucifixion on the cross, his burial in the tomb, and three days later, his resurrection. This is definitely a part of the Christian faith where God's search for us was almost completed. You know, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ allows us as Christians to have this free relationship with God. It allows us to connect with God in a relationship way, not a master-slave way, but a sons and daughter-father connection with God through Jesus. We know that Jesus took on board all of our sins. He stands in front of us and God as the mediator, so that we can freely connect with God. And I want to end it there. You know, as we take communion, I would love for us to just think and reflect about this idea of God searching for us. About the idea that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we can have this free relationship with the creator of everything around us. With that in mind, I'll quickly just pray for us. Dear Father God, thank you so much for wanting a relationship with each and every one of us. Lord, it's a sobering thought for me when I just think, that you want to know me. You want me to be more like Jesus. You want to see me. You want to search for me. You want this relationship with me, Father God. Lord, I feel just so small and so special, but also so valued when I think about the idea that you are searching for me. God, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to earth, for him to live a life on earth, to suffer, to, to die on the cross in a horrendous way, but also to be risen to life, 
to now also look down on us, Father God. Without that, that incredible thing that Jesus did for us, Father God, we couldn't have this relationship that we have with you right now. Lord, I pray for all of us that, that we can just realize every day that you created us and we are good, Father God. We, we are good and you want a relationship with us, Father God. No matter what the world tells us and the, what the world lies to us about, you know, how we need to find security in earthly things, Father God, you want to be that shepherd for us, that provider, that rock for us to lean against in times of trouble. Again, Lord, all of that is so was made so possible through Jesus's suffering on the cross for us. Lord, I pray that, you know, throughout the week, throughout the months to come, that whenever we think of anything around us that relates to searching, whether it's Google typing or Easter egg hunts or whatever that might be, Father God, that we can just stop and think for a moment how special we are to you, that you are constantly searching our hearts, making us more like Jesus. Lord, I pray just for the communion that we can, you know, when we take the communion now virtually together, that we can just look at the bread and think this is a part of Jesus's body that was sacrificed for us, for my iniquities. The wine, Father God, you know, was spilled. It's his blood representing his blood again for our iniquities so that we as sons and daughters can inherit a relationship and everlasting life with you. Lord, I pray all of this in your son's name. Amen.